0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم من المؤمنين رجال صدقوا ما عاهدوا الله عليه فمنهم من قضى نحبه ومنهم من ينتظر وما بدلوا تبديلا most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters Throughout the ages Allah Ta'ala has always blessed Mankind By sending His special servants To guide them To show them the way forward How to reach Allah tabarik wa ta'ala. How to gain the pleasure of Allah ta'ala. How to traverse and cross this path of dunya and reach the akhirat safely. Because this life in this world is very very short. We are all on a journey. We are heading towards the akhirat. When this life comes to an end, we don't know Every day we hear of people passing away. Our time will one day also be there. And this comes suddenly sometimes. It comes without any notice. It comes to old. It comes to young. It comes to healthy. It comes to sick. There is no rule of any sort in this regard that it will only come to the those who are old. It won't come to any young person Death will only come to those who are sick. It won't come to any healthy person. Sometimes a healthy young person is gone. An elderly sick person is still around for a long time. How often this happens? So in any case, the point here is that death is imminent. And what will count thereafter is how we have lived our life. Was it lived correctly correctly? Was it lived according to the commands of Allah Ta'ala? Was that done in life which pleased Allah Ta'ala? Then a person, mashallah, he will be in eternal bliss. And with the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala, he will be saved from any difficulties in the qabar on the day of Qiyamat. And inshallah, with Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy, he will go directly to jannat But now how to get there directly? How to attain this Grace and mercy of Allah Ta'ala. How to understand the path that we should be traveling. How to avoid the deviations. How to avoid all the harms and dangers on the way. Allah Ta'ala in every era sent down His special servants to guide mankind. These were the Anbiya Ali Salatul Wasalam. From the first man on earth, Hazrat Adam Ali Salat was the first messenger of Allah Ta'ala as well. And in this way Allah Ta'ala sent numerous anbi until finally Rasulullah sallallahu wa was the last and final Nabi of Allah. Ta'ala. He was sent to earth. He was sent to mankind for their guidance. And Rasulullah sallallahu is the Rasul and the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala for all of mankind now till Qiyamah so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam left the dunya and he didn't remain after nubuwwat for more than 23 years so how is this going to continue till qiyamah how is his mission going to be continued and upheld till qiyamah and the guidance that he brought how will this continue till qiyamah for this in every era thereafter allah taala Chose those servants of his who took on the teachings of Rasulullah and they passed it on to mankind. They became shining examples. So, first were the Sahaba al Kiram, and in their time and era, they were the lights of guidance for mankind. And thereafter came the Tabi'in, And then, in every era, Allah chose and selected those special servants of his who became beacons of light for mankind. It is by understanding these people that we will understand what is the true message of Allah. In every era Allah sent people as guiding stars. And therefore in the Quran Sharif Allah gives us the same instruction and makes this wajib upon us. اِهْدِنَ al-Mustaqim. Sirat al-Ladina an-Amtah alayhim minan nabiyeen was siddiqeen was shuhadai was sadaheen was hasuna ulaikar afiqa. He had dinna sirat al-Mustaqeen, sirat al-Ladina an-Amtah alayhim, غير al-Mawdubi alayhim or dalin is in Surah Fatiha, and then the other ayat of the Quran Shari, sirat al-Ladina an-Amtah alayhim minan nabiyeen was siddiqeen was shuhadai was sadaheen, which is the explanation of this. So at the point he said, Allah made it compulsory upon us. That in every Salah we have to recite Surah Fatiha, it's wajib. And in the Surah Fatiha we, have to, we ask Allah Ta'ala, guide us to the straight path. What is a straight path? Sirat al amta alayhim, the path of those people whom you have favored, your special servants. So now we are asking in every Salah to be guided to the path of those special servants of Allah Ta'ala. That we have to follow the true servants of Allah Ta'ala we have to look into their lives and we'll have to understand from them because they have been endowed with the true knowledge and not just the knowledge but with the true practice also. So those who have been endowed with the true knowledge and the true practice, they are the personalities with whom we have to connect ourselves and inshallah in this way we will be able to gain the correct guidance and move from strength to strength in our deen, and move on towards gaining the acceptance in the court of Allah. Taala. So nevertheless, this is the general principle, and in every era Allah has selected those servants, who Allah made the beacons of guidance. By looking into their lives, we will get numerous lessons, we will be able to find the practical explanation, of many of the things that are explained to us in the Qur'an Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, because these personalities, they internalized those lessons of the Qur'an Sharif, and of the Ahadith in its correct manner, and they practiced according to it. So now by looking into their lives, we'll get the practical explanation of what is required from us, which was commanded to us by Allah wa Ta'ala, and by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because these people applied those things in their lives. Among the many, many personalities of this nature, who were the beacons of guidance, and who truly lived the Shariat and the Sunnah, was the very great personality, and Muhaddith, and Faqih, and Mujahid, and a list of titles can be put next to his name. The very great personality, Abdullah, bin Mubarak rahmatullah this was a very very great person and he was somebody who the number of titles that can be placed next to his name uh, can go into many lines not just titles because somebody is now just wishing to write something, these are titles which people had acknowledged in their time those who lived in his time and those who were close to him those who had seen him from close range, those who had interacted with him, those who had witnessed what kind of person he is, they were the ones who placed all these titles for him. Once some senior personalities of that time, Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah he is a personality of the, he, he was in the first century almost, and he was somebody who, was a very high-ranking muhaddith. He was a student of Imam Abu Hanifa, alayhi, and various other great muhaddithin and personalities of that time. So in any case, he is a person of that caliber. And once the muhaddithin, some muhaddithin of that time, senior people, uh, they got together. Now we will just hear the names, we will say, well, we don't know who these people are, Fabul ibn Musa, Muhallab ibn Hussein, great muhaddithin, they got together and they said, What, what were the uh, characteristics of Abdullah Mubarak? What were his specialities? What were his great qualities? Let us enumerate them, let us count them. Who can say what what he, he excelled in? One is now a person has got some good in him, mashallah, but a person who is outstanding in those qualities. So, mashallah, many people, they are very punctual for example, they keep their nafil fast, they keep Mondays, Thursdays, Sunnat fast. Excellent mashallah. But then you get somebody, mashallah, is excelling in fasting. He's keeping Nafil fast almost every other day. He's probably fasting one day, he's keeping making iftar one day, every second day is fasting. Somebody is fasting almost every day. Now obviously that person now has excelled. You'll get very few people of that caliber. You'll get very few people who can fast almost every day. So now they are really a, a remarkable group in that regard. Then you'll get somebody, mashallah, is very generous. A lot of people, alhamdulillah, are very generous. But then you get somebody who becomes so famous for his generosity that you hear about the generosity of Hatim Thai. And it's amazing the kind of generosity that he had. But now, not everybody is Hatim Thai. Some person is like of that caliber. Few people. So now we are talking about on that level, that level of generosity that level of piety, that level of ilm. So now when they are talking about what did he have, they are talking about what he excelled in. Now these people got together and they are talking about what he excelled in. So somebody now said, he is a master in Hadith Sharif. Somebody said in general knowledge of deen, in all the branches of the knowledge of deen. Somebody said in fiqh, he is a faqee, he's is a great faqee of the time. Somebody said in the Arabic language, subhanallah, what mastery he has. Are we talking about, like somebody says, this person, well, this person is a specialist. He's a specialist in this field. That person is a specialist in that field. And a third person, he's a specialist in a third field. Now, here we're talking about everybody saying, Abdullah Mubarak, a specialist in the field of hadith. A specialist in the field of fiqh. And he's a faqir of a very high caliber. Somebody's saying he's a specialist in the Arabic language. Somebody is saying he's a specialist in, in uh, the etymology, the sarf and nahwa, all the Arabic sciences. Then somebody else is saying, mashallah, he is a specialist when it comes to Arabic poetry and literature. Somebody else said he is a specialist when it comes to piety. Can you imagine? A specialist in Qiyamul Layl. That if you want to talk about Qiyamul Layl and standing in the night in Ibadat almost the whole night, Abdullah Barak stands out among those few small group of people that really went... Way beyond the average person. Abdullah Mubarak, rahmatullah alayhi. It came to the aspect of being a Mujahid. Subhanallah. See, Abdullah Mubarak at the forefront of it. He would perform Hajj every year. Uh, one year he would perform Hajj, and the next year he would go out in Jihad. Now this was not just for like one small short break somewhere. For a good part of the year, the Hajj, the Hajj would take a few months, one, two months to go, perform the Hajj, then take one, two months to come. So like almost half the year would go in the Hajj. So one year would be Hajj, the other year similarly would be Jihad. He would go and at the frontier, Now the frontier is a very, very dangerous place because when there is an attack, it happens on the frontier. He would volunteer and he would go and be part of the army that is guarding the frontier at the border. Now, every year, one year he would be Out for Hajj, one year out in Jihad now this was something remarkable so he was a specialist in this so to say and then in his bravery and in his horsemanship somebody says, Abdullah Barak he is above the way above the average person somebody said in his in his strength, physical strength he had built his physical strength to that point also then together with that somebody else said فِي مَا لَا Keeping quiet from things that don't concern him. If you found somebody like a specialist in that regard, Abdullah Barak Ramtullah, Subhanallah. Many people, mashallah, would excel in a lot of things. Somebody comes out first in their class and somebody can come out first in something else, and somebody can do first something else. And many things we can come out first and second or whatever that we can top many things. But sometimes when we can top many other things, we can't top anywhere in terms of looking after our tongue. We can't top anywhere in being just. You see, Abdullah Barak in Saf. he's a specialist in justice. And he's a specialist in staying out of controversy. That he handles things in a very good way. So in other words, if there is something to be said to, he will say it in a way that it is accepted, it is understood well. And if somebody is not going to accept it too, he handles the matter correctly. And therefore somebody even mentioned that he is has a remarkable way of maintaining the muhabbat and the love between people despite differences. That sometimes there is a difference with somebody, but despite the difference to be able to still maintain the muhabbat and love Abdullah Mubarak is a specialist in that. Now subhanallah, can you imagine a person having all these qualities at that level? MashaAllah, many people have many good qualities. But not everybody excels so much in so many things. Somebody excels in one or two things, then they are average, little above average in many other things. Alhamdulillah, people, Allah's there are many people with many, many good qualities out there. And unfortunately, this is our ill, uh, this is our misfortune that we only manage to see people's faults. Some people, mashallah, have so many good qualities, but yet all we can see is their few deficiencies, their little bit of some mistakes here and there. That's all we can manage to see. We can't see anything beyond that. That is what actually is in our eyes. We once discussed perhaps this example. But uh, again, it's very useful for us to uh, refresh this, that there were some people who moved into a house. Now the neighbors are seeing that they've got some new people coming into the house next door. So any case now, they're watching from their kitchen. Not that we should be looking into people's yards and so on. This is an example now. So they're watching into, from their kitchen window across the neighbor neighbor's yard, these people are moving in all their things and so on, very good now the children were playing outside little children, first time now they came to their new house, now they are moving in they found one place to come and stay in so the people here are looking out, so this woman is saying to the husband, that look at these new people came to stay here but look at the children, how dirty they are children are running around with so dirty children they got, in any case the husband kept quiet he didn't say anything the next day, now these people now have to start living their life, so they had to wash their clothes and whatever they had to do. Now they came and put the clothes, hung it on the line. Now these people's window, you can see into the yard now, so they seeing the clothes on the washing line. So now this woman of the house again is saying, "Look at these neighbors; they washed their clothes too, so still so dirty. They came and put the dirty clothes on the line." He kept quiet; the husband didn't say anything. Then the third day, that neighbor himself was outside. See, even the father is so filthy and dirty. Look at him now, how dirty his clothes are, and he's looking so dirty too. So, any case, now this husband heard it for the third time, so he kept quiet, he didn't say anything. But then he went and he took one bucket and some water and one sponge, whatever, and he went outside, and from the outside of their own house, he put a ladder and climbed up, and came to the window of the kitchen. Now, their own kitchen window from the outside he Clean the window, he wiped the window clean. So now the whole window was mashallah clean and spotless. Now suddenly his wife from inside is saying, hey, these people are now clean now, they clean themselves. Their clothes are also looking clean, the children are clean also. The problem wasn't the neighbor's clothes and the neighbor's children and the neighbor's everything. The problem was their own window. Their own window was full of all dust and dirt and whatever else. Now this auntie is looking through this dirty window and she is looking at the neighbors as they are dirty. Whereas her own window is dirty. So likewise often it happens, the window of our heart, the mirror of our heart, that is dirty. Now because the mirror of our heart is dirty, that is reflecting the dirt in our minds. But we are seeing it in everybody else. So actually it is blocking our sight, it is in our vision. It's not there, it's inside us. Because of the dirt inside us, we sing dirt everywhere. But if we clean our hearts out, we'll see the good outside. Many a times this happens in homes. We can only see the negatives about somebody. They have so many positives, but it's actually the reflection of our own mindset. It's a reflection of our own heart. There's some jealousy in the heart. We can see some wrong in that person now. That this person has now got malice for me. It's actually the reflection of our own thing. We can see something in somebody else, it's a reflection of our own thing. We're counting all the faults of others, but it's a reflection of us. So, we need to look at the good of people. And inshallah, we'll see how much good they have. But nevertheless, coming back to the discussion we were having, Abdullah in Barak, he is now a specialist in all this. He's at the forefront of it. And therefore, he was a unique personality. You don't, there weren't many people of that caliber that who specialized in all these things. Now there's so much about him that the Muhaddisin have written, that the people who specialize in the biographies, Asmaur Rijal, in the biographies of the narrators of hadith, etc., they have written so much about Abdullah ibn Mubarak. We obviously can't go into all those details now. But just to understand and as we said the whole point is to take lessons from the lives of these people. So just to understand some lessons from their lives and inshallah we will see what tremendously great people they were. Just one or two incidents that will inshallah give us some kind of idea of the person. But the point again is that we need to then reflect upon ourselves what kind of mind we have. What kind of heart we have? How much of these good qualities are within us? So Abdullah rahmatullah Ma'arak among the many many great qualities that he had one was his generosity and the level of his generosity. Now he was a very wealthy person also. He was a trader as well and he used to trade but his wealth was dedicated for others he would spend freely on others so any case once they were uh, somebody came to him he had been sent by others who knew about Abdullah and Warak Rahmatullah and this person had a very urgent need for 700 dirhams there was a problem he was in a quite a problem and he urgently needed 700 dirhams. He was in debt. He had to quickly pay this other. He's going to get imprisoned. The creditor will have him imprisoned, whatever the case was. So the person was sent to Abdullah Mubarak Inshallah, you go there, he'll help you. So the person came to Abdullah Unbarak, he says, what is the issue? So He says, well, this is it. People have sent me and asked me to come to you for the help. I need 700 dirhams. So, S.A.W. wrote a letter to his agent. Now, he was a person engrossed in ilm, but at the same time he used to go out of his way to help people. But all these things he had, dedicated people to now do this job for him. So he had employed people to undertake all these tasks. So now there was somebody, for example, we will call him his treasurer. So now he sent a note with this person to the treasurer. And in the note he wrote, give him 7,000 dirhams. Now the person asked for 700. He wrote, they give him 7,000 dirhams. That person brought that note and came. When he came to the treasurer, the person asked him that, what can I do for you? So he says, well, I went to Abdullah Barak. I had a need and he sent me with this letter. Uh, I had a need of 700 dirhams. So he sent this letter to you. So this person reads the letter. It's written 7,000 dirhams. So Barak. So the agent now, this treasurer, he says to the person that, look, I, I have understood what you want, but I have also discovered an, an error in this letter. So what you do is, you remain seated here. Inshallah, that 700 dirhams that you needed, I will give you the 700 dirhams. But uh, at the same time, there is this error in this letter, so I am going to write back to Adilan Barak, and just check with him that this error, what is the position that he made this mistake here, so I want to correct it, so he must rewrite it and put the correct amount. So in any case, this letter was sent to Abdullah rahmatullah Rahmatulale. And the person had written there, the agent, the treasurer wrote that I received a letter, I understood its contents, and I asked the person what he requires, and he replied that he asked you for seven hundred dirhams, and by mistake you wrote seven thousand dirhams. So in other words, now correct it and send it back, so I will then sort it out. So Abdullah and rahmatullah Rahmatulale Replied to this note, and in the reply, he wrote to him that when you receive this letter of mine, and after you have read it and understood it, then you give this person now 14,000 dirhams. 14,000 dirhams. The person asked for 700 dirhams in the first note, he had written 7,000. Now, when the treasurer queried this, that you made a mistake. He said, look, when you receive this letter and you have read it carefully and understood it, then you give this person 14,000 dirhams. So now the agent understood now what is going on here. So he sent another note in reply. And he said to him that, look, if you are going to start digging out your wealth like this, then very soon we are going to have to start selling off your properties also. And that which is the source of your income through which you are now being able to help people and be so generous, all that will come to an end. All this income will come to an end. And you'll have nothing left to help anybody. So in other words, now the agent, the treasurer is so to say scolding him and telling him, look, you are overdoing it now. Now this is often what many times we hear this kind of statements when people are trying to do something good, somebody else will say, you are overdoing it. Whereas now this was, what Abdullah Barak was doing was of a very high level. We are talking about people who are just trying to do what is right. Forget something which is high. Just something which is right. You'll get somebody saying, hey, you're overdoing it now. Oh, now you're getting, becoming fanatical. Why are you becoming fanatical? You don't want to be part of a mixed gathering in a wedding. So you're becoming fanatical. That's becoming fanatical. So that's obviously now, we can't become affected by those kind of comments. We have to do what is right. So in any case now this agent is calling Abdullah Ibn Barak that you are now overdoing it. You shouldn't do this. So Abdullah Ibn Barak received this note and he was upset about this. He replied to this. And he replied to the person and saying that if you are my agent if you are working for me so to say, then you fulfill what I have instructed. In other words, don't ask me questions now. You do what I told you to do. But if I am your agent, then you come and switch places with me and then you tell me what to do. Now normally, this is not the way they would reply. Normally the reply would be a very humble reply. But here this person was so to say becoming an obstacle in the good that he was doing. So now he needed to make things clear. That what is the position here? Are you going to become the obstacle for the good that I want to do? Then it means that you are my boss now. Then you come sit in my place and instruct me then. Then I'll take the instructions. In other words, you are not the boss now. So you don't fall into this matter. You don't start interfering here. You follow the instruction. And then furthermore he said, if you are worried that the income will come to an end, then even our lives are coming to an end. Then if the life comes to an end, what benefit is that income going to be? That if the life has finished, so that income is not going to help anymore now. So he might as well now use that income now. So he said, now you give him the amount that I have instructed. So now this is the type of person he was. This is the mindset he had. And this was the extent of his generosity. And this generosity wasn't in order to get people's praises. and No, this was now because he had to instruct his agent, so he had to tell him. But outside that necessary instruction, he was... A specialist in Ikhlas as well. There is one incident. He used to go to the frontier. The frontier was a place known as Tarasus. So now, when he would go for Jihad in that direction, then he had to en route, stay at an inn close by, spend a night in Raqqa. There used to be an inn there. So, to spend a night, two nights on his journey. So, whenever he would come there, there used to be one youngster there, that youngster used to also come and help him out, make his khidmat, he used to be basically come and benefit from the knowledge of Abdullah Anbarak, Once Abdullah came as usual, but this youngster wasn't around. But uh, because he was in the in a hurry to move on to the frontier, to get on with the jihad, so he did not manage to Enquire now. Where is this youngster? I always saw him here. This time is not around. On his route up, he couldn't stop to ask. But when he was returning, he came around and they asked. He asked that this youngster is still not around. Where is he? So somebody explained that actually this youngster is in prison. Why is he in prison? He is owing so so and so ten thousand dirhams, and he cannot pay now. He doesn't have the funds to pay. Now in the law is. That if a person is owing somebody money, then the creditor can have him imprisoned. Unless he can prove and it becomes clear and obvious that he definitely doesn't have anything. But now, if the creditor is not ready to accept that, initially the qazi will imprison this person. Until it becomes obvious that definitely he hasn't got anything hidden somewhere, he doesn't have, because now otherwise he would have paid it by now and come out of prison. So he'll be kept there maybe one week, one month. So this youngster also was owing somebody money. That person was not prepared to understand and accept that no you don't have, I don't have anything. So he made a demand that he must be imprisoned. So this person was in prison. So now he's saying this youngster is in prison because of this debt of 10,000 dirhams. Abdullah in said just show me who's the creditor, who's the person he's owing the money to. So any case they told him so and so the person. So he went quietly to the person. And he paid him 10,000 dirhams. He counted 10,000 dirhams and gave him. And he said to him that there is this money on behalf of that youngster. And I am now leaving the town immediately. Because he was a well-known person. Everybody knew him. He said, I am leaving the town now immediately. But I am giving you an oath. That as long as I am alive, you will never mention to anybody who was the person that paid the debt. Or rather, he didn't even leave immediately. He just told him, you go and settle it. Uh, You can free him now because you got your money. But I'm giving you an oath that you don't ever mention to anybody. As long as I'm living, you will never ever mention to anybody. Any case, this person went now and he explained to the kazi, I got my money, you can free the youngster. So the kazi freed the youngster, he came out. Adlam Barak, after this person got released, he met him, he says, you weren't around, I didn't see you, what happened? So the person explains, no, I had a debt. And uh, because of the debt I was in prison. He says, what happened then? He says, well, somebody came and settled the debt. I don't even know who it is. That per- now he's talking to Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah Alayhi. And he's saying, somebody settled the debt. I don't even know who it is. But that person settled it and he's gone. Abdullah Mubarak Rahmatullah replies to him and says, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala freed you. Just mashallah, whoever did it, whatever it is, but just be grateful to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala freed you. And for the rest of his life, that youngster never came to know who was the person that had paid that big amount of money and set him free. This was the extent of that ikhlas. Such great generosity, but no name and fame attached to it. He wanted no recognition for it. This was something he did for Allah Ta'ala. And therefore, even that youngster, he didn't want that youngster to know also that I did this favor for you. Nobody. These are the great lessons this is only just a very very minute fraction of this great personality time has already passed but there is so much of lessons already in this for us we need to start inculcating true qualities in us wealth the true wealth is the wealth of values the wealth of qualities that is what makes a person truly wealthy what he has within him his heart what kind of true values they are there the wealth of iman, the wealth of ikhlas the wealth of generosity, the wealth of tawakkul in Allah Ta'ala, the wealth of compassion and kindness, the wealth of forgiveness, the wealth of all the good akhlaq This is wealth. And this is what makes a person truly wealthy. People love wealth. That's a common thing. But more beloved than wealth is a wealthy person, person who is wealthy with true values. People who have true appreciation of wealth are the ones who appreciate him. Look in the lives of the Ahlullah. Many of them didn't even have the basic things. But they were kings. They were true kings. People really were... They, they followed them like people follow a king. And this was the kind of life Abdullah ibn Barik, alayhi, lived. That people truly learned from him, appreciated his values because of this wealth that he had in his heart. So, Allah Tabarak wa Taala Give us the tawfiq that we too can emulate the beautiful example of these great personalities and we too can be truly wealthy in our hearts and live a life that is pleasing to Allah Tabarak wa Taala wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahirabbil alamin Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakash shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thanan alayk anta kama asnayta ala nafsik Jazallaahu 'anna nabiyyana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu Allahumma iftah lana bil khair واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عاقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر مستعذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآل وصحاب اجمعين والحمد لله رب